Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochulio. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and before we get started, I would like to thank my staff, executive producer Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me, binaural production engineer Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to this podcast, just go to everythingimaginable2020.com and check it out. You don't even have to donate cash. You can just simply post uh, or post links of some episodes on your Facebook page or tweet something. It's all good. And I appreciate you all. Thank you very much. And now... Without further ado, we have my executive producer, Candace Sanderson, author of Reluctant Messenger and The Reluctant Messenger Returns. Thank you for coming back on. Gary, you are more than welcome, and what an honor it is to be your your guest for the second time and to be your executive producer. I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored also to have you. I've been reading... Um, Reluctant Messenger Returns. Um, I guess, like according to my Kindle, I'm about 62% <laughs> into it. And uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, just as well written as the first book, <laughs> which is incredible. Thank you. And, um, and there's a lot of uh, great information. You really dive into a lot of topics. And, um, and I really like the message that the book has. Um, but I guess before we get started, for people that didn't hear the first episode, um, how did you start communicating with angels? I love the story of how you started your journey. Well, it was a fascinating story. I was driving to work one morning, August 2013. You know, it was early. There was absolutely no traffic on the road. And you know how you can get into that mode where your car is almost on automatic pilot. You're just sitting behind the wheel. Oh, yeah. That's what was going on with me. And all of a sudden, this message just dropped into my awareness. And it, it, it wasn't like I heard it with my physical ears, but it was very, very specific. It was um, a message about a flower. And the message said that a flower is like a flower, so hyphenated the word fl right. flower into flower, of energy. And that when a plant reaches its roots down to Mother Earth, and then it ascends toward Father Sky, it's in perfect alignment with Source. And when that happens, it is in this position where it can produce this flower. Then the message said that humans, too, are like flowers. They are flowers of energy. And if they remain grounded, they, too, can blossom. And my first thought was, oh, my goodness, that's so beautiful. I wish I'd thought of it because I, I knew it didn't come from me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my wording, wasn't my phraseology. Now, as a psychologist, my very next thought was, 
okay, Candace, what's going on here? What's <laughs> wrong? Because, you know, as a psychologist, that's how you're trained. Yes. You're trained to look at pathology, what's wrong. So that's exactly what I did. What's wrong with me? Have I become psychotic? And in the back of my mind, I'm going through all the criteria in the DSM-5, which is our diagnostic manual mm -hmm. we use to diagnose. And it's like, no, 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 no. But I still didn't know what it was. So I did what most people do or a lot of people do. It's, it's that old friend we rely on called denial. Mm -hmm. When you have something that is new that comes into you, like maybe seeing UFOs, it's like, oh, that can't happen. No, that was just my imagination. So I just put that out of my mind and drove on to work. I got to work, gathered my stuff. I mean, this is like an hour before work is supposed to start. I'm always an, an early bird. <laughs> and as I'm walking to my office, all of a sudden, I just stop dead in my tracks. Something called me. And I, I still remember, I mean, I could go back there and, and stand within three inches of where I was. I remember I just like turned almost in slow motion to the right to see what was calling me. And there it was. I was face to face with the tree. And I'm thinking, what is this? This is a tree, a royal poinciana tree. And for those listeners who aren't familiar with that, it looks kind of like a mimosa tree. It's got these beautiful leaves that almost look like ferns. And the blossoms look like orchids. And this one was in full bloom. It was gorgeous. Now, Gary, I've passed this tree hundreds of times. Right. You know, it never called to me, but it did this day. I walked over to it, and I'm sure my mouth was just dropped open, but I was looking at it, and I was completely mesmerized. The sun was just starting to come up, and there were these rays of light that were just shining through the leaves, making this beautiful pattern on the ground of light and, and shadow. And all of a sudden, I realized this tree was every bit alive as I was. Mm -hmm. you know, in retrospect, I realized now this was truly a mystical experience. Right. And it made me realize that the message I had just received about this flower that I tried to just dismiss, that it was important. This was part of it. But that's how it started. I mean, I went into, you know, went into my office. I typed up everything I could remember. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, messages started coming to me. So it all happened all during a 10-minute commute to work early one morning. That's amazing. Did you doubt yourself? <laughs> Right. I mean, to the point where the first thing I thought of was, okay, you know, Candace has lost it. Now she's psychotic. You know, this is not really happening. Right. So you didn't like and start taking like, like Valium or <laughs> anything like that? I mean, that. no, it's like, yeah, what, what do I do? I do. I get on an antipsychotic med. I mean, years ago, I was working at, well, when this occurred, I was working as a school psychologist, but my training is in clinical psychology. Mm -hmm. And I can remember having clients in the past that truly were what we labeled psychotic. And I thought, but I'm hearing things. I am not with my physical ears, but it came into me very, very specific. 
I'm also seeing things differently. That event with the Royal Poinciana tree was just unbelievable. But it has made me go back and think about maybe some of the people that I treated many years ago, that if I had the perspective that I have now, I may have done things differently. Yeah. Yeah. I always think about that, too, with people that have certain mental illnesses or or what we call mental illness. But really, I think in some ways, it's just uh, a different way of filtering reality. Yes, absolutely. It's it's all about perception. And as you learn to expand your awareness, your perception grows and we end up no longer relying just on our five physical senses. We start seeing the world differently. Now, since all my messages have come through, I view the world through the lens of energy. Mm-hmm. It's no longer, you know, before as a psychologist, if if I couldn't use my five senses to measure, you know, if I couldn't see, hear, taste, smell, or feel it, it didn't exist in my world. Right Now it's like, okay, yes, that's part of my world, but there's so much more to it than that. And But to go back to answer mm-hmm. your question about, did I doubt myself? I did. But my training as a psychologist taught me to document. So this is what happened. You know, a few days after the event with the tree and, and the flower message, I got some messages from people who had passed away. And I documented it. I didn't judge it. I just uh-huh. let the energy flow. And after a while, there were even more and more messages from from star systems from all over the place. But what I would do is document. And then later, I would research. And I found that I a lot of the um, information that the messengers gave me, I found supporting evidence. So after a while, I actually... Well, I no longer doubted myself, but I actually began to trust them Mm. because the information they gave me was valid. That is incredible. Uh, Since I've talked to you last, I've talked to, you know, quite a few people that have had like um, Kundalini awakenings and and like spontaneous events that are, are similar to theirs. But, but afterwards, a lot of them kind of were able to look back in retrospect and, and see some signs, like some precursors to that event that they weren't aware of previously. Uh, did you have any of that? Like, were there some yeah. signs now looking back and saying, you know what? That, that was, may have been like a sign that something was happening and, and I just overlooked it. Right, right. Well, you know, 2020, you know, retrospect is so different because you, you can <laughs> see, oh, yeah, now I get it. But one example is a dream journal. I've kept a dream journal for years, and it's like 250,000 words long. Wow. Sometimes when, yeah, sometimes when I'm with the messengers, they will say, go back and review a message. Uh, or, excuse me, they will say, go back and review a dream. Mm-hmm. And all I have to do is use the search bar and go back and find it. And I realized I had been getting a lot of these messages over the years, but only in my dream state. But now, all of a sudden, in my waking state, here they are coming to me. Mm -hmm. And talking about the messages, Gary, for those who who didn't listen to our, our first podcast, 
the way the messages come to me, they are very specific. I got into this routine where I would get in my car, grab my iPhone, hit record, and drive to work. And the messages would drop into my awareness just like dictation. Uh-huh. And they would they would say new paragraph. They would tell me what kind of punctuation to use. If I had a word that was unfamiliar, I would hear how it was pronounced and I would see how it was spelled. So it was very simple. I would just drive to work and and start this dictation. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that it started with dreams. I just put out an episode with another clinical psychologist who has a book about um, dreams and how, you know, they relate to a spiritual connection. And I think dreams for probably almost everybody is spiritually connecting us when we're sleeping. I think that's probably one of the reasons we sleep, actually, is because we probably need that, that spiritual connection more than we actually need rest. It's more like a, a spiritual recharge, and it gives us information, too, that, that helps us get through through the day. We just don't realize it because it's going into our subconscious. We act out on it. We don't think about it, but it's there. That You are so wise to say that. I mean, dreams are so important, Gary. When I think of dreams, I, you know, sometimes you'll wake up and you'll say, oh, that was just a dream. Mm-hmm. But your dreams come to you for a reason. And what's so great about it, and the reason people get messages through the dream state instead of the awakening state, is because we don't judge it during our dreams. You may have something bizarre that happens, like you're going to walk through a wall or you you step outside a four-story building, but you don't fall during a dream. But you don't judge it. You don't say, wait a minute, this can't happen. This isn't happening. You just go with the flow. And that's what was happening with me in the awake state now. Odd things would come to me through these messages But I didn't judge them because as soon as you judge, as soon as you bring your ego in there, you're going to stop the flow of energy. And it's, you know, you're you're going to lose touch with the message. Mm -hmm. But the dream state is that perfect place for us to receive information. Remember that um, that movie? um, I see dead people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the name of it. But uh, um. was it Sixth Sense? Sixth Sense, yes. With uh, Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis, you know, had died the whole time. But this little boy didn't know it. But, but once you realize that you are in this field of energy, just like you are in your dream state, in the waking state, you can learn to expand your awareness and tap into these frequencies that are around us all the time, we're only usually receptive during our dream state because we're not judging it. Mm-hmm. Um, why, when, like, when, after reading your book, like, you know, always my, my, my big question is, you know, with, with angelic communication or any type of spiritual communication is, and I had asked this to Donna also, why do they care about us? You know, that's a very, very good question. But they do. We actually have an angelic team that comes. It's called a transition team is what the messengers have told me. 
And they come with us when we're born, you know, into these physical bodies. Mm -hmm. And some of them remain with us throughout our entire lifetime. But why would they care? You know, I really don't know other than they do care. Right. And that's what's so beautiful. People like Donna, you know, my friend Donna, you know, you just did a podcast with, she had a near-death experience. So mm-hmm. that gave her an opportunity to actually tap into that other side where our angels are. Right. And once you're there, you realize what what love it is that they have for mm-hmm. us. So I don't really have the answer to why. But just to know that they are there and they give us this beautiful, beautiful love is just um, it's just amazing how it makes you feel. And no matter how unimportant we may think we are, you know, we're just one out of billions of people on this earth. We really are important. And your angels will let you know that. Interesting. You know, I I do believe that that that. And I love that answer because it's only through a direct experience that, that a person can really understand it. It can't quite be put into words. Uh, I, too, have had – I didn't have a near-death experience, but I had a, a really major epileptic seizure. And during the seizure, I was just in this dark void, but it was so peaceful and amazing. And, you know, it was just like, wow, you know. And, and I, there was no more fear. There was no more ego. And it was just totally – was totally cool, and um, but and that's like the best that I could do to describe it. But afterwards, you know, it's like how how do I explain this to people? Or <laughs> you know, like what, right. what what just happened to me? Was this even real? Was it just my 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 electrical circuit just going haywire, or was it a real experience? And and then you know that's kind of like where this podcast sort of originated out of, and um, it, it's just it's difficult to explain to to other people, and um, I don't know, but I do know that the feeling that I received, and maybe even message, is just that that everything is okay, everything happens for a purpose, and all I really need to do. More than anything else, and this has been true ever since then, is pay attention. I pay more attention now to my thoughts, and um, and I listen to my intuition more. And the more I do that, the better things always turn out. Right. And, and, and sometimes they're even obvious. <laughs> you know? But you brought up some really good points, Gary. One is when you have an experience – even just my simple mystical experience with that Royal Poinciana tree, words fail us. Language fails us. There's no way we can use our words to tell people what happened and for them to actually know what happened. Mm -hmm. You know it now because you've experienced it. And that makes that makes all the difference. Right. When other people have near-death experiences, they come back, and, and a very common theme is they no longer feel any fear of death because they know they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the void you talked about, I've been in that void, and it is, it is like dropping into a sea, yeah. an ocean of... 
of nothingness, yet everything. Yeah. There's nothing and everything at the same time. And when I've been in the void, I, I can remember looking around and I'd look at, well, first of all, you can have 360 degree. Yeah, it's, it's weird because you can see without, it all around you. Like I could see like colors on the outside, sort of. Yeah, and, and you can see behind you without turning mm -hmm. your head because you don't really have a head at that point. <laughs> what you've done is you've stepped into more of your authentic or true self, which I think is, is all energy. Yeah. And we are part of all that is. So having a void experience makes you realize that you are part of this divine potential. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember looking at my hands and they started to disappear and disintegrate. And I just melted into this void of all that is. It's just, you know, well, like I said, there are no words to really explain. Yeah. So it does sound like you had an NDE during that episode, or you certainly experienced aspects of it. Yeah, it certainly came close, I think. And, yeah. and, and I've interviewed, you know, since then, I've interviewed so many people that have had the same or very similar experiences, and the result is almost always the same. It's like you come back and. It's like a sigh of relief. It's like, okay, well, I guess I can get through the next 30 or 40 years without having to really be too afraid. <laughs> but what a, what a good point, because when you do come back, you are changed. You're transformed. Now, I have, um, in a lot of my meditations these days or my connections with the messengers, I go into this cosmic void at will. And I realize what happens is I'm actually becoming part of all that is. Mm -hmm. And it is this feeling of expansiveness that is so beautiful and so grand. Now, it doesn't last long. It might be just, you know, two or three minutes, right. five minutes, ten minutes. But what happens each time I come back, Gary, I'm changed. It's like my energy body is vibrating at a higher level and you start seeing things differently. Just like you, you pay attention to things. Your intuition is, is expanded. You, you end up changing the, the energy body and the frequency of, of who you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it's time for us to cross over, we're going to go into that void and then go on from there. And what a wonderful place to be. It's like all these angels and it's nothing but love. They're just holding right. you and embracing you. And you feel so, so you feel so good, so mm -hmm. worthwhile. It's wonderful. And that's one of the things I try to encourage people. Well, I, I do it like an indirect way is, is to get, I, th I think I just try to, get people to open their minds a little bit and experiment, experiment with um, different forms of medication. You know, um, you know, I have binaural beats on my website for people to use um, and, and just try to have an experience, take a more mystical approach to, to this kind of thing rather than a faith or faith-based approach, right. you know, because it can be experienced directly. We don't have to kind of, uh, read somebody's 
take somebody else's word for it. Right. Yeah. Find out for yourself. Yeah. Now, you say a faith base or a mystical base, you know, there are other people like me, being a psychologist, that lived by science. Mm-hmm. Science was my religion. This kind of and, a faith. As, you know, as I, as I said, it's like if I didn't, if I couldn't measure something with my physical senses, it didn't exist. In retrospect, I realize now my training as a psychologist actually helped me open Mm-hmm. to the messengers because I became that objective observer as I had, you know, as my training taught me. So by being objective, I didn't let anything step in the way. Energy, as it comes to us, is like water in a garden hose. You know, it might get crimped. Mm-hmm. But if you let the energy just flow, then all of a sudden you're going to be bathed in all of this this energy that comes to you. So, as long as you hold your beliefs at bay, whether they're religious or, or, you know, mystical, just hold it at bay and just wait and see what happens. What you will find is that the energy will flow into you. And or at least this is what happened with me. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're realizing, oh, maybe this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Or you get a little nudge to do this instead of that. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you get a little message from someone who's passed away and you think, oh, I I must be just thinking of them. Well, there's a reason why you're thinking of them at that time. They're probably they're shouting into your ear. Hello. Do you see (laughs) me? Do you hear me? But learning to realize we are so much more than our physical bodies. And if we can just allow our natural antenna antenna to just expand, mm-hmm. you will find that you're picking up more information. Yeah. And there's, there's just so many ways of going about it. I think there's enough things to experiment with that there's something out there for everybody. You know, like I say, there's the binaural beats, there's different types of meditation. I, I mean, there's even drugs. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of different ways of doing it to, to have that you know experience and you know the, the result is you know it's profound it's, it's realizing that the universe is I would say it's mostly good you know or all good I, I mean certainly in my near death there was nothing in my experience that was negative Right. Yeah, it was all clearing. You know, uh, when I have my experiences, they have all been positive. Now, I have heard people say that they've had negative experiences, but I think it just depends on where you are and how you you vibrate. Mm -hmm. You know, Gary, if you pass someone on the street and you smile at them, they usually smile back. Yeah. And smiling, for example, can be so important. If you if you get up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, one morning and you trip and it's like, oh, everything went awful after that. I just nothing worked right. You can stop that and you can just take a deep breath and you can just smile. And when you smile, it may not be genuine initially, right. but wait a couple seconds and then before you know it, it is genuine. Mm-hmm. And then that floods your body with all these endorphins from your brain. But what it does also is it lifts your vibrations. And the higher you can have your vibrations, which is being in the energy of 
of laughter, of love, of gratitude, then you become this beacon and other like energies are going to come to you. So when you find yourself in a space that's not good, maybe you're depressed Mm -hmm. and, you know, just take a few deep breaths. Think of something that will make you happy. Turn on TV and watch a comedy, but be very mindful of what your emotions are and try to raise those emotions. And that will um, take on a life of its own and allow you to be in a higher space. Yeah. I I used to... um I learned how to meditate from a Buddhist nun. Her name was Trime. And one of the practices she would always do, <laughs> it was always kind of silly. Well, two of them, like one, one is she would try to make people smile. She's like, everybody just smile while you're meditating. Just, just, just smile. And the other one was, was uh, laughing. You know, she, she would just obviously make it, tell everybody just to, to laugh, to try to change the energy in the room to something, you know, less heavy. It, it does. It works. Um, you can also have people, you know, in a room start singing a song, mm-hmm. like just some uplifting song. And those vibrations coming out, first of all, it puts them in a different mood because you're no longer thinking about whatever you were thinking about that had you in a down mood. It, it has you focusing on something outside of you and you end up pulling the whole group energy into it. If everyone is laughing or everyone's smiling or singing, you know, some kind of a silly song. But that is so wise because what it does is literally uplift us. Yeah. I was just watching some kind of documentary last night about Aretha Franklin. And, like, she was singing, like, in a church or something. And she just, like, the whole place just, like, was overwhelmed by her. You know, it's just something like that. You know, it's just, it just, it lifts people up. Yeah, it's inspirational. And if we think of that word, inspire, inspirational, it means in spirit. And that's exactly what happens. She, as she's belting out her song, her energy is going out and uplifting everyone. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, in, in your new book, you talk about... Um, I guess what most people would refer to as fairies uh, or earth spirits. And what I really found interesting is, you know, like, oh, I'll let you kind of tell the story of how you started connecting with these earth spirits and how it kind of took you in a full circle type of way back to the beginning of your experiences. Well, I love fairies. There's actually, I even have a room in my house that is, has these fairies everywhere. And I mean, I've had dreams about them. But one day I I was working with the messengers and they were telling me about fairies and they called them earth angels. And I thought, oh, so they're not really fairies, they're earth angels, but they're here to, you know, on earth to help take care of the plants, Um, all of, you know, everything that's around. It it actually reminds me a lot. I I have a couple of granddaughters um, and I have watched Tinkerbell with with them, Uh you know, Tinkerbell movie. And each of those little Tinkerbell uh, fairies, you know, have a job to do. One takes care of the dew. 
One takes care of the trees. One takes care of just the flowers. Well, that's pretty close to what the messengers have told me. Mm -hmm. These are earth angels that have come to help us. And I can remember once, do you remember Elizabeth Kubler-Ross? She was was a famous psychiatrist. She was one of the first medical doctors to study death and dying. Mm -hmm. And in one of her books called The Wheel of Life, I remember she was living in Virginia. She was driving home one day and a lady stopped her in the middle of the road. I mean, literally, but, you know, a little back road stopped her and told her that she had fairies living in her garden. Well, Dr. Kubler-Ross parked her car, went to the backyard. This woman had a Polaroid camera and took a picture. And when that when it was developed, there was a fairy. So Dr. Ross did the or Cooper Ross did the same thing. Uh-huh. And there was a fairy. She right. actually had a picture of one. But this was one of the first experiences that I had read about where a true scientist, a medical doctor, says in her book, I actually saw a fairy. I saw a picture of a fairy. Now, our little ones, you know three and four year old kids, they'll come in and they'll tell you that they've seen, oh, an invisible person or or they've seen a fairy. And what we need to do, what I need to do more is when they tell you these kind of stories, that they see things that we can't see with our physical eyes, is not to discount them. Ask them more. Tell me more about it. What is it that you saw? And We see that as kids come into Earth, more and more of them are very intuitive, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be seeing things that we couldn't see. And that certainly includes the the Earth angels, includes the fairies. One of the things I liked is how... you know, your, your first experience had that, that flower flower. And then you had another experience with the fairies that, that kind of brought you back to that. Like, I think we were, you were taking a walk somewhere and, and you just had like this wild experience. Oh yes. I, th- this is when I first realized that, that the earth angels were coming to me. We have a beautiful um, place to walk in Naples. It's called the Gordon river greenway. And I I go there pretty often. And one day I decided to take, there's a little mulch trail. And I took this mulch trail. And Gary, I absolutely stepped into another dimension. Now, I know that when I do my meditation, I can close my eyes. And then I'm I'm in a void. and, And I know I'm in a different dimensional space. But this was while I'm out walking and jogging. So tennis shoes on, I'm walking. And I actually felt it. It was like, um, I, I don't know, it, it's it, like a membrane. And once I pierced that membrane, everything just came alive. It was the experience that I had had with the uh, Royal Poinciana tree. Mm-hmm. It was like that. I heard the birds. They were just, they were singing. They were singing to me. I saw, I actually saw myself. So you can kind of bilocate, you can be in two places at once. I was observing, yet I was also like shrinking down. And I found myself in a tiny little orb. I think it was a drop of dew. 
And then I looked around and I could see the world through that lens. Now, I understand how bizarre it sounds for you to be talking with me, a psychologist who is not psychotic, who says, I dropped into, you know, a tiny dewdrop, but I did. But this experience was just beautiful. And there was this one flower that's called um, Sunshine Mimosa. It's it's on a little stalk mm-hmm. and it's it's purple. And I actually dropped into that flower and became part of it. I could go down to the roots. I could go back up. And it's just like that first message. You're absolutely right. It was like being the flower or the flower of energy. Right. Now, a little fo- little follow up to this. My son-in-law, Dan, um, he and, and my daughter are both runners, and they live here in Naples, Florida with me. A few months ago, Dan was talking about running the Greenway. And he said, you know, I saw this frog and I don't remember exactly what it was, but like the frog was right here and then it mm-hmm. turned around and it, 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 it was something like he, it sounded like he talked to him. And I said, wait a minute, Dan, where were you? And because there's multiple mulch trails. Uh-huh. He was on the very same trail oh, that wow. I was. Now, Dan is not one who... Um, who you th- would think would have an experience like this. Mm-hmm. He just dis- pretty much discounted it as I, I, it must have been this, I, must have been my imagination. But it, I thought it was so interesting that he had probably a mystical experience or an experience with the non-physical in the very same place that I had. Uh-huh. Do, do you think that possibly that spot has some type of magical aura about it or vortex i i do i really do um i energy spots are all over the earth where where there's a vortex of energy Mm -hmm. and i had not thought of that space as being that until my son-in-law told me and i thought oh you're absolutely right there's also another place on this um on the boardwalk at the greenway i was running on it once and all of a sudden i saw dan's grandfather who had passed away just a few weeks before i saw how he was dressed he gave me a short little message i you know passed that on i cannot run that spot or walk that uh trail anymore that boardwalk without stopping at that spot because dan's grandfather is always there so that's another example of a bleed through um or a vortex where the energy is just perfect for connection wow it's amazing. It reminds, you know, I, this is kind of off topic, but when you mentioned, when I was reading the book and you mentioned like everything sort of being inside like that drop of dew, it's kind of strange, but there's actually a Stephen King series called Gunslinger. And the whole universe of that story exists in the drop of uh, a drop of dew on top of a blade of grass in like the Bronx. <laughs> Wow. And there's like inside <laughs> oh, there, there's like that. this whole universe where, where that entire steer- series of books takes place. Wow. I'll have to read that. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's what it reminded me of. Um, so, so now, but, now what kind of like messages, like what messages do you receive now that um, you think people should be listening to? Well, 
when I first published the second book, mm-hmm. um, The Reluctant Messenger Returns, I was getting ready. You know, it had already been edited, ready to go. And I was waiting for a blurb. Someone on the, on for the back page of the book was going to give me a blurb. And it, you know, I was getting actually a little bit frustrated because it's like, ah, oh, this book's ready, but I need that last blurb. But timing is everything. In the meantime, before I got the blurb, the coronavirus hit. Right. And that gave me an opportunity to go back and take a look at the messages. And I shifted things around. In fact, my first chapter was rewritten through the eyes of the COVID virus. Okay. For years, even in my first book, the messengers have been telling me that life as you know it will change. And I'm thinking, yeah, 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 you know, it will. And they've been saying that that Mother Earth, that Gaia, the spirit of Mother Earth is going through um, an evolutionary change. And that's good. That's what's going to cause this change. And again, it's like, okay, yeah, great. Because I'm thinking that's 20 years, 50 years, 200 years from now. When the COVID virus hit, when the pandemic hit, Gary, I realized, oh, my goodness, they are talking about this now. This evolutionary change is occurring today. What I've learned is there is, first of all, so much more to life such as the void you experienced, mm-hmm. than what we have here in our physical bodies. And they, the messengers have told me that there are choices that we can make. We can choose to step into the higher vibrational frequencies, which is love and laughter and kindness, or we can be introspective. You know, where am I in my life? What can I do to make my life better? And you know what? That's a simple answer. All you have to do is smile. If you go walking, I live close to the beach. If I go walking on the beach and I smile, Mm -hmm. that sends an an energy field out from me and it affects other people. Now that I see things through the lens of energy, I see how important that is. But the messengers have said, we have an opportunity now to use what's going on with with the pandemic as has fuel to grow. Right. Mother Earth is changing her vibrational frequencies. She is bring to, and she's going to higher frequencies and she's bringing us along with her which she did not have to do. And as we do this, more and more people are going to start having intuitive experiences. I mean, this is one reason why I think it happened to me. There wasn't really anything that special about me being open, uh-huh. but all of us are moving in that direction. Wow. And there is hope. Um, there are angels. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned about the uh, transition team, angels are with us. They accompany us when we come here. When it's our time to leave, they're with us there, too. We may think that this is a solo trek on this journey that we call life Mm -hmm. and we may feel totally alone at times but we aren't we have this army of angels around us we need to you know understand they are here to help us and to guide us 
And for whatever reason, they love us. Yeah. It's important to ask for help and ask for assistance. Mm -hmm. And when it comes in, be grateful and thank them for it. And that will just increase the likelihood of you getting more messages. Right. And that's one of the things that really struck me in your book, too, is, um, I mean, I guess I've never really been one to ask for assistance. You know, I think that might be actually my like a weak spot for me. So so since then, I've been trying to do that. You know, I said, you know, I, maybe I should be open to it. I, I got let go of some of that part of my ego, you know, that's, you know, and, and actually ask, you know, and I always felt like, well, I don't my my excuse for not asking was, well, I'm just a dumb human and I don't really deserve anything anyway, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it's like, there's, you know, I, I don't know, like sometimes part of us is destructive. I mean, that's just the nature of, of being human. And I guess I will fixate on that destructive part and feel undeserving of, of help rather than looking at the creative part of humanity and, and the part that does that wants to 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 grow and, and expand. Right. Um, and, and I think that's probably a, a limited view, but but now I've been trying to open myself up a little bit and, and, and ask. And in doing that, one of the things that I had asked you at the beginning, like, why do they want to help us? You know, and like the best answer I can come up with is... Um, there is no us and them. There is just the source, this, this energy, the vibration, whatever it is. So, so of course, yeah. it's going to want the best for us because whatever's best for us is best for them, is best for everything. Yes, yes. I mean, you just you hit the nail on the head. We are part of all that is. So the angels are part of us. We are part of them. We are all this one beautiful energy when we come to earth we feel like we're separated mm -hmm. we it, it's like an ocean wave you know as as that wave crest in the middle of the ocean there's these droplets that spray we're those droplets so we think that we're separate but in just another second those droplets go back into the ocean and they're part of everything yes it is so easy to see yourself as being this unimportant human, you know, among billions of other people. Why am I important? Well, take a look at some kind of complex machinery, you know, with millions of pieces. What if you just remove one cog or one screw from it? It's going to break down. So we're like that. We may not, you know, be be famous. We may not be, you know, great teachers. We might be what I call as the silent guru. Uh -huh. There are so many people around Gary that, that you, you they can't say I wrote a book or, or produced a movie or, or anything like that, but they're so loving and their loving energy as they go about their daily business affects everyone around them. And that's yeah. so important. Now, let me say something about, you know, you said you don't like to ask for help or, or, or you know, assistance. Yeah, I'm a stubborn, and there's a lot stubborn of male. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of people that are like that. I'm very independent. I don't, I don't like to ask for help either. Well, then don't ask for help. Ask for a sign. 
ask for a sign. Just say, I want a sign, mm-hmm. you know, that, that this is what I need to do. And you can also ask something very specific. Let me just share with you. Um, I went to a meditation years ago, and this this gentleman said, we're going to meet our guides during this meditation. You may not believe it, so what I want you to do is ask for a sign ahead of time and, and know exactly what it is. So this one man thought, and here he is living in Florida, he said, I want to see an active volcano. Now, it doesn't matter how bizarre the the sign is. You don't have to do anything about it. The universe is what's going to be bringing that to you. So uh, he went into the meditation, met his guide. A few days later, he went to get his mail. And they his next door neighbor was a geologist. And they had his mail in, in this person's mailbox. He opened up, had this magazine, glossy cover of an active volcano. <laughs> And it's like, whoa, there it is. But so when you ask for a sign, you know, whether it's multiple numbers or whatever, Mm -hmm. ask specifically and then just be open to it. I asked once, well, in that episode, I um, that meditation, I asked, I wanted to see a butterfly on someone land on someone's shoulder. Well, a couple of days later, I saw a, a woman right in front of me. And she had a butterfly on her shoulder. It was a tattoo, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, that was it. But if you don't want to ask for help, ask for a sign. And then when it comes, be so thankful for it. Give your heartfelt gratitude and keep asking for more. Yeah. And you'll get more and more signs. Yeah, it, it's, And also, synchronicities play a big part, too, I believe. Um, one, yes. one, one of the things, like, like, like with connecting with you, I was reading the book, and um, February 14th seems to play a significant role in your life. And for me, too, like, like February 14th is when I really started dating my wife, which was on Valentine's oh. Day. And then just about, I guess, February 14th, this last February 14th, her aunt passed away. And um, and her aunt was like the whole reason like why we moved here. Um, and, and and I was just like, and then I re- and, you know, at the same time, I'm reading your book and you're mentioning February 14th. Like how many times can, can, can one out of 365 days pop up in a week? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's just very obvious things happen. Right. Um, and the numbers on, um, you know, multiple numbers mean something. I am. Um, d- Donna, your your guest, mm-hmm. recent guest on the show, she and I have a um, a YouTube channel. I was a guest on her podcast, uh, exploring consciousness, and she was so taken by the my books they they really appealed to her that she asked if I would um, do a YouTube channel with her. So I did, and during one of the episodes, we saw. I saw these like orbs that started coming in and flying mm-hmm. about. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I I grabbed it. Um, I grabbed the link. And, uh, you know, so so I so people could look at it, you know, at the very second it, it happened. And that link was ended with uh, equals seven, seven, seven. 
And I looked up what 777 meant, and it meant um, a sign from the angels. Yeah. And so, and when, when this happened with Donna, we were actually talking about angels mm-hmm. and an experience that I had. But these kind of messages are all around if you just kind of open your eyes to them. Right. Actually, 777, and that's actually one of the questions I was thinking about asking you. Um, Alistair Crowley wrote a book called 777. You know, and he was a ceremonial magician. And one of the things that I've, I know, one of the parts of your book, you talk about, I believe it was the angel Raphael having breathing and, and the breath sort of feeds the, the earth angels. And, um, you know, like in ceremonial magic, that is a very, common theme of this hierarchy of different types of angels like in in ceremonial magic like first you'll call the highest angel then you'll call the angel below that and then you'll call whatever specific entity you want below that there's like this whole whole system of it and you kind of describe that in your book and i'm thinking like uh, you know you you don't strike me as a ceremonial magician type of person (laughs) (laughs) but gary i've had so many things like this happen i will write of my experiences and most of it it's you know it's messages i get and later i realize that they're validated by people Mm -hmm. like i had no idea that this meant that until after i experienced it and then there it is but that's that's interesting it is amazing um so with COVID and Gaia changing vibration, um, what does it mean? I mean, it, it seems like there's also, uh, along with a lot of people changing their point of view, it also seems like there are a lot. There's also a lot of resistance. Is there anything that 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 people can do to lessen? you know, the resistance, like I understand those people that are resisting, they're resisting because they're in pain, they're, they're suffering, you know, right. and, and, and to attack them is not the right thing to do. Right. Um, right. Do you think there is something that we could do to, to help the process along to make it go smoother? Yes. Um, there are people in this world, uh, three dimensional earth that are light keepers. These are the people that really understand about energy and connecting to source and going back to what I said about the, you know, the silent guru. We are all part of all that is. So what we do and how we choose to use our energy is going to be affecting everyone else. Now, we've got Earth that's making this transition to higher vibrational frequencies. That means the veil is thinning between the dimensions So the more that we individually, because that's the way we operate Mm -hmm. in 3D, the more that we individually can keep our vibrations higher, it's going to help those around us. Those that might have a very negative point of view, that means they're just dealing in lower vibrational frequencies. Mm -hmm. Try not to, or I try not to, give them a lot of attention because it it seems to just fuel that fire. Instead, I just leave it 
and make sure that I'm on a on a higher path. Mm-hmm. Um, the angels have told me that there is no difference between the only difference between us as humans and going all the way to source is how far along we are on that path. Right. So you know we you've got your ascended masters here. You've you've got you know angels here, and then you've got the source. We can choose where we want to be on that path by looking at our energy and keeping it, literally keeping it light. That's the path to enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And again, laughter and smiling is so much more powerful than than people realize. Remember, I started my first book with a quote from Tesla. If you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, vibration, and frequency. And that is so true. We are all energy beings. Keeping our energy high will, uh, will help. It's, it's interesting. One, one of my guests who I've had on recently, and like, I don't know, he'd probably be a good one for your YouTube channel too. His name is Jason Walt. And he uses Ohm's law of resistance from electricity. And he, he's okay. able to take that formula and plug it into any situation. And it works. It, it, it's, it's amazing. It's the, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And he hasn't even really written a book yet. He just has a website out. And, um, and, and it just it, it fits exactly with what you're saying and what he's putting out also. There, there's too many people saying the same thing in different ways and reaching different groups of people for it not to have some type of validity to it. Right. I agree. I totally agree. But you know what? Even if you don't want to... Um, have the validations that I think are all around. Mm -hmm. If you just try a little experiment with yourself, you don't have to believe any of this, but go three days, two days, one day, one hour, whatever you can, and do nothing but smile and bring in good energy and then have an experiment of one. How do you feel afterwards? How do you feel? Because every single thing is energy. And as we learn to to expand our field of awareness into an energy field instead of our physical bodies, we have this beautiful opportunity to start tapping into higher vibrational frequencies. Mm-hmm. You know, when we come from source, we, you know, find this our massive energy bodies has to fit into this tiny, tiny body of an infant. We can't absorb all of the energy from source because it would fry our circuits. It's too strong. It's too much. So we block it all off. But what's happening now with Earth transition is we are going to start being able to absorb more of those higher vibrational frequencies. This is a great opportunity. And you're right. There are so many places that you can check online. So many people talking about the same thing. Um, people that don't know each other mm-hmm. and, and they're validating each other's experience. Yeah. You know, people, people are listening to source. It's coming through. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Do you think that there is a connection between uh, this raise in vibration on our planet? And this is kind of a, a crazy off-the-wall question. And UFO disclosure happening at the same time? I, I can't see that as a coincidence. Um. You know, in my first book, I talked about this this dream that I had, and there were rays of the sun that were coming in. I, I ended up then getting messages from star beings mm-hmm. talking about the frequencies of the sun are changing, and those rays are changing the makeup of Earth. And it all makes sense to me now. I mean, it's it's, again, all about energy. So having that veil open even if it's just for a short period of time within those new rays or new vibrational frequencies and seeing a ufo that makes sense to me wow what i find fascinating is they're actually talking like the government's like oh yeah yeah we we know now (laughs) they're coming out a little bit after all these years Uh about it you know um the other one yeah go ahead um a friend of mine back in college many, many years ago, and, and she was a lady that never exaggerated. She was um, leaving a night class. And I, w- I lived in Paducah, Kentucky, very hilly. And she was with four or five you know, classmates. They're, they're on top of the hill getting ready to go down to where the parking lot is. And all of a sudden, they looked up and they saw this machine in the air. She said it was the size of about 10 cars. They were the large cars back Mm -hmm. then, completely silent. And it just raised up and took off in the sky. And they got in their cars to try to follow it. (laughs) What they didn't know is that the president of the um, community college was also leaving his office. Uh He saw it, too. And then they reported it, and it was in the paper. But although I've never seen a UFO, if my friend Betty saw one and she said she did, she saw one. It's there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, One of the things that you also mentioned was extended masters. And I have, I've always been a bit obsessed with some of the legends behind St. Germain. Has he ever come into, if you're, you know, heard anything from your communications about St. Germain, especially like one thing I always found curious about him is his ability, like in some of the legends that he will appear in human form and has had a direct hand in, uh, you know, even, even something like, uh, like apparently he had a direct hand in the creation of the United States. I've read. Oh, wow. I'll have to read up on him. I can go to a place that's called, um, I can't even think of what I call it, but something light, but, but this, this area where all of the ascended masters are. And I've Mm -hmm. seen Buddha, I've seen Jesus, I've seen lots of angels. I haven't seen St. Germain. It's something I can probably, you know, ask for and see if he'll come to me. But when you say that he, that there are legends that he's come to earth, I've actually seen angels in human form. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, when, yeah, when, yeah. That's a great one. Tell that story. Yeah. It was just tragic, it a, but, but it was, you know, mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, many, many years ago, um, my husband, age 
just turned 35 was was dying. He he had melanoma. He had cancer. And I was, you know, with him all the time. You know, he had a private room and you know, two or three times a day, I would just walk down to the intensive care waiting room. He wasn't in intensive care, but I'd go to the waiting room, have a cup of coffee. Then I'd come back. And and so I knew everyone in there because they were camping out there just waiting on, on their their family and loved ones that were in intensive care. And I walked in one day and there were these two men that looked so out of place, Gary. They were sitting side by side, you know, and looking out this beautiful picture mm-hmm. window in Paducah, Kentucky, where I lived. And I'm thinking, they look so out of place. I mean, it looked like they should have been in a coffee shop. And they're just talking to one another. And I was within earshot. And one of them said, you know, I saw I saw an angel once. I was standing on this. He said, I was standing on the street corner in, in Cincinnati, Ohio. And all of a sudden, he flew straight up right in front of me, up into the sky. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> and he said, funny thing about it is he had wings on his feet yeah and i'm thinking this is just crazy this is way back in 1987 so i um you know gathered my coffee time to leave and and i went back and by this time i mean daryl was in a coma he wasn't even here Mm -hmm. and the um he wasn't aware of anything that i could see the chaplain came in and i said would you please say a prayer for him to leave he you know he needs to transition so he took my hand and we both put our hands on Daryl and he said this most beautiful prayer. I mean, it's, it sounded poetic. And I remember my eyes just flew open when he asked for the angels with winged feet to carry him home. And I, I just, you know, I didn't know what to think of that. And a little bit later, Daryl did pass. But I talked to my sister later, Eleanor, and she was more uh, versed in the Bible than I was. And she told me about this Bible verse in, in Hebrews that said that angels do come to earth, like be kind to others because you never know if it might be an angel in disguise. Mm-hmm. And she said, Candy, don't you know that those men were the angels? And it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize it. That goes back to your question, like, did I have messages and things before? It's like, nope, not that I know of, but <laughs> yes. In in that case, those two men were right there. They were the angels who escorted him home. Mm-hmm. So you never know who you pass on the street might truly be an angel. And we should always treat people with respect um, and kindness. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful story. I love that story. You know, okay. I can, you know, I, I know it's hard to, to lose people, but e- even in the loss, like for me, like, like I was with my parents when they both passed away uh-huh. and I don't know, it, it was also a spiritual connecting experience also. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I know you said you're only on page 62 or you're 62 percent but i get to a couple chapters there's one on metatron uh there, there's one on the seraphim but i and i don't think know if you've gotten that far yet i haven't but, about the seraphim yeah okay did you get to the part where i 
find out later that it was the seraphim who brought Daryl home? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that out many, many years later. It's like, oh, okay. Thank you. More will be revealed. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it's weird how that happens. It, and, and like, again, like with the synchronicities and things like that, it, it, for me, it makes it hard to dismiss the more and more yeah. synchronicities that happen. You know, and, and the more that it also just reminds me, like, I got to pay attention. I got to listen. Well, I don't have to, but if I do, things go better. Right. Do you, re you remember Dr. Wayne uh, Dyer? Yeah. He used to talk about a coincidence. And I, I use this so frequently because it's, it's just perfect. You know, most people think a coincidence, for example, is something that's haphazard and just like meaningless. Oh, what a coincidence. But he said, if you think of the word coincidence and you look at the root word coincide, when you have a coincidence, it coincides, which means like in geometry, if two angles coincide, they are a perfect match. Mm -hmm. So when you have something that's synchronistic or is co coincidental, think of it as a perfect match. What were you just doing when this happened? This is one of those little signs from spirit that say, hey, pay attention to this. You're on the right path. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You know, um, also one of the things that happened to me, too, like, <laughs> You know, sometimes I wonder, like, why am I doing the podcast and spending so much time on it and stuff like that? And I had gotten an email from somebody I, I didn't know, and he's the one who gave me the idea of setting up, like, the executive producer and asking for contributor stuff, <laughs> you know. And I said, all right, well, you know what? Nobody's really doing the membership thing. I'll, I'll throw that together. It'll take me, like, five minutes. And I did it, and I sent out the thing, and... It worked. Voila. <laughs> see, see, there are so many people that come into our lives, even if it's just for 10 minutes or five minutes or maybe a day or two, mm -hmm. and they can have such an impact on us. It's just being open and listening. Right. Or it might not even be people at all. Oh, right. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't Absolutely. Know. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, before we wrap it up, what would be one message that you would really want to get through to people? I think the biggest message is this is not a solo trick. This is not a solo trek on Earth. We may feel that we're insignificant because we're one of many, many others, mm -hmm. but we are important. And no matter what, realize that there are angels and guides that are part of who we are and they want us to succeed if you feel down smile mm -hmm. you know we are in charge of how we use our energy and how we use our energy is going to help define who we are if we continue if if we go into lower vibrational frequencies of of anger or self-pity then we're going to attract more of that 
We have the choice to step out of that. And as we step out of that, we become more enlightened. And then we'll be able to access our angels with more awareness. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, it's not every, I agree with everything you just said. You know, I think that and I don't know. I, I don't really believe that there's a negative force in the universe. I think the only thing that it is is negative is our egos getting in the way and making us feel separate and alone. It's Yeah, it's the feeling of being separate, but we're not separate. Yeah. You know that, Gary, because you've experienced it. You stepped into that void during the episode that you had. You know, I know it. I mean, talk to all these people with NDEs, near-death experiences. They come back and they're they're not afraid. Mm -hmm. They know that there is so much more than what our physical senses can measure. We are surrounded by this beautiful love. Yeah. You know, one of the other... <laughs> it came back to me. One of the other things, that weird coincidences or synchronicities, whatever you want to call it, is you're really involved with the Monroe Institute. Yes. And um, and I first I had interviewed was Jim Willis, and he had mentioned the binaural beats in the hemi sync to me, and that's when I started experimenting with it. And then later on, I mean. Uh, I had a guest, Roger Manon, and I originally brought him on. You know, Ro- Roger was a part of Project Stargate, which is a remote oh. viewing program from the government. Yes, and and I interviewed Roger, and uh, you know, and he was telling me about Ro- you know, how Robert Monroe was actually there and, and and made these these tapes that they would use to to remote view, and he he's like, well. Roger Monroe actually gave me a box of these tapes. And I was like, wow, wow that's, that's amazing. And he goes, well, I have them on digital and, and I'll, I'll, I'll send them to you. And I said, okay. And I took the, them and I sent them to my friend who does the binaural stuff. He listened to it and he goes, I would really like to get the originals so I could copy them and try to clean them up. And Roger did it. Roger sent him the originals. My friend copied wow. them, cleaned them up, and then mailed them back to Roger. Wow. <laughs> you know? Small world. Yeah. So, so and yeah, go ahead. Donna, your last guest, I don't know if she mentioned that, but she does remote viewing also. No, she didn't trained to, Yeah, trained through the Monroe and Monroe Institute, for for the listeners, if they're not familiar with it, um, is their main campus is outside Charlottesville, Virginia. But this is a place where hopefully in the fall, uh, if they've been closed for programming, in-person programming, mm-hmm. but you can do online courses. But Bob Monroe was this leader in using sound-based technology like binaural beats in order for people to expand their consciousness and expand their awareness. Now, what's what's interesting, in retrospect, my and I mentioned this in my second book, is I realized going to Monroe Institute helped open me to spirit. It's what I thought really was just a spontaneous opening yeah. actually started with this series of events 
um, that happened at Monroe Institute. It's just a wonderful place where you can go learn to expand your awareness and tap into the frequencies where your angels and guides are. Yeah. Yeah. I've been using them now for for a little while and and I find them amazing, the binaural beats. Um, You know, I don't know. I mean, the closest experience I could give to it is like, I don't know, taking acid or something. Because all you got to do is like <laughs> listen to these frequencies and close your eyes and you'll have an experience <laughs> as crazy as it sounds that works. Because it you changes know, our brainwaves. There's science behind well, it. it. It does. There is a lot of science behind it. And I call it the lazy person's way of meditating. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I can't calm my mind, my brain chatter. Well, you don't have to do anything. You just have to set you know, put headsets on and the frequencies will take you there. I mean, and think about it. Sound is, is all vibration and that can help you get into those higher vibratory states. Yeah. And it's easy. It is easy. It's pretty cool. So, yeah. and, and that's why I encourage, that's one of the things I encourage people to try. And I have the, the free one in my, uh, it's called the Volt section on my website. Oh, cool. That, that are made by Damien. He, he does an amazing job with them. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, so before we go, where can my listeners find you? They can find me on my website, which is Candice, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, CandiceSanderson.com. I'm also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. And I do have three YouTube channels now, which is crazy. I can't believe (laughs) one of them has over a hundred videos and they're, and that's just under Candace Sanderson, or you can find links to all the, Mm -hmm. the YouTube videos on my, on my webpage. I have one with your past guest, Donna uh, Rebideau, and it's called the, the reluctant messenger unleashed where (laughs) we go through the, through the book, like a, um, virtual book review mm-hmm. and we we unleash the secrets behind uh, the messages and then i have another one called spiritual conversations and that is with my friend carrie palmer uh, who lives in the seattle area she she read my book contacted me and we just started this beautiful friendship and now we have these fun conversations back and forth <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> yep you're right absolutely that's great and i'll definitely post a link to uh the website and if you want to send me some direct links to the youtube channels I'll also put those in the notes of this episode uh so okay. my listeners can find you and i'll also post links to your books that sounds great awesome thank you so much yeah thank you for being on this morning And just hang on one second. I'm just going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined.
Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.